Hello, and uh, welcome to our fourth season of the Undiscovered Decade. We've made it to January 1993 as we go through the 1990s looking for hidden gems of the decade. Uh, this uh, room full of backgrounds that are uh, representing the film that we watched this month uh, indicate that we watched something that may have been related to 1950s B-movies. Uh, the thing we watched was Matinee, which I had never heard of, uh, but it started John Goodman as this sort of huckster, entrepreneurial uh, movie producer who wants to cash in on cheap movies and, and easy tricks to try to fill the theaters. Uh, and he uh, goes down to Florida right as the Cuban Missile Crisis is about to happen. So we know it's coming, sort of. Uh, and he, he tries to set up in a theater on Key West to see if his tricks will work in a wider audience. He's trying to sell to a, a, a bigger money lender to, to get his tricks into theaters. So as you can see behind me, you have the woman shocked by an ant. His main feature is called Mant, where a guy turns into a man-sized ant. So And then even bigger. Oh, where did Jimmy go? Did Jimmy turn into a dinosaur? Uh, Dimetrodon, to be precise, it's, which isn't a dinosaur. It's, it's a, actually a mammal. <gasps> it's a dinosaur. Wait, no, that's. I can't <laughs> wait till he's trying to give eloquent film analysis while doing Are you? What? I'm curious if you're going to be. There's able been to, a science uh, experiment. <laughs> How did you feel about the representation of creatures in this film, uh, Dimey? Dimey? Uh, just call me Jimmy. Jesus. Like, seriously, I'm still the same guy. I'm just, you know, a dinosaur. A little, I mean, little scale. Ancient oh, mammal. See, so you yeah. can't even remember your own species. Well, uh, Dimetrodon. My species is right. I just, I just might be a little confused on other things. Or a little. He's been, he's been but, asleep for a while. Oh, know? yeah. But when it comes to the, like, creatures in the movie, they're kind of you know, they fit the whole pulp uh, B-movie vibe. I mean, it's not really difficult. And, well, yeah. this, is, this is a classic of cinema. This is this is like if the Fablemans was about Roger Corman instead yeah. of Sp Steven Spielberg. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's, 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 it's like one big homage. More so than Roger Corman, I kept thinking of uh, William Castle. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's his you remember, precursor, right? Yeah, do you remember um, there was a movie called The Tingler with uh, yeah. Vincent Price. Sounds about and right. And all the uh, theater seats, he installed buzzers so that when the Tingler escaped, he would shock the audience. I have heard of that. Yes. Yeah. So he would do gimmicks like that, and that's kind of what Lawrence Woolsey? Woolsey. Yeah. yeah, Lawrence Woolsey's like. Yeah. I, I think it's one of my favorite uh, 
John Goodman performances. He's yeah. he's killing it in this. Oh, he has yeah. a flair for the yeah, but not in well, the. He doesn't feel like he's like profiteering in a sleazy way. No, no, it's, it's he's, yeah, he's really he's genuinely trying to team. make people enjoy the movies. Yeah, he's Give the father it an of experience. 4D. As it yeah. should. It is a 4D experience. It's the father of 4D. Especially during the finale when um when the theater's falling apart. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. You can't do that everywhere. Nope. Uh, yeah. One night only. I'm trying to think if we need to talk about any of the other casts. Really, it's it's full of uh children. The 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 other half of the film is sort of centered around the fact that, like I mentioned, the Cuban Missile Crisis is about to happen. So we center on one of the theater goers, who is a, a young boy whose father is stationed off the shore in between Cuba and Florida. And uh, we see his friends, we see a girl he has a crush on, we see other classmates just trying to prank people. And so the whole love of cinema that Woolsey is trying to drum up is he loves when kids and families are thrilled. So it's sort of from the eyes of this main kid, but also, you know, you have the dichotomy between what it means to want to be uh, an entrepreneur like Woolsey and what it is to be a kid scared of the real world. And so I, I think the thesis at the end, John Goodman says, uh, we're all sort of kids just trying to pretend we know what we're doing. So I don't know the exact line. I'm, I'm terrible at quotes, but... One of the one of the best parts of this, there's a whole monologue that he says where it's just like the magic of specifically horror movies is like you know it's gonna end at some point, but everybody just goes in there to be scared and just be involved in the same experience. And it's like it's a better version of that Nicole Kidman thing that shows before every movie now. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. We all um, go to the movies to feel things. Right. It's one of the best lines about you know, Hollywood loves movies about movies. And even though this was like a hidden gem, it was a B movie about B movies. Mm -hmm. And it's like got some of the most heartfelt uh, empathy toward, you know, the entertainment industry as a whole. Even the fact that like, you know, this is happening during the Cuban Missile Crisis and John Goodman is just like, well, people need a distraction. You know, this is all. Yeah, and it's all anyway. It's all innocent too. He's not trying to distract them so that they're ignorant of what's going on. He just yeah. wants them to be happy, despite there's always going to be something like yeah. this. Yeah, even so, before they get into the theater, he's putting on a show by uh, paying people to protest the film. Yeah, that yeah. was a good scene too, with a, a bit of cameos from a, a regular Joe Dante. Uh, yeah. actor no, and, and, and as well as john that, sales a person yeah. jeff and i have met it's funny that these like protesters that he's got hired like you'll see them in the background of his movies that are in the movie yes mm -hmm. that was funny i love when you pointed that out do you know who we uh, met jeff did you realize this no so the taller of the two protesters is uh film director john sales who also has done a lot of b movies he yeah, came yeah, up yeah, with yeah roger corman so you know who that is yeah. Did you did you recognize him or know that that was him? I I I think I recognized the face. I didn't know immediately who was who he was. Yeah. Um. Jeff and I back in 2011 went to a, a screening of his. I think at this point latest film, Amigo, which was about the Philippine American War, and uh, 
he gave a talk beforehand just talking about the film and his career and stuff so and it was very intimate it was like 30 people so jeff and i and our other friend pat got to meet him and then watch his film with him so that was pretty cool god i genuinely did not recall that really yes but thank you i love that movie no because it's all it's all coming back to me now but yeah no holy shit i feel bad because we were kind of half joking that it was like this was too small of a turnout for a guy that should have a better turnout right and i think we think that he may have heard us say that and taken it the wrong way so if you're watching this somehow john we really liked amigo and we were just kind of sad because we're in the middle of new jersey where you're from and you deserve better so it was meant anyway, as a compliment yeah, it was also fun to uh, see you pop up here because you're probably friends with Joe Dante as well. He, just, um, uh... he wrote Piranha for Joe Dante. Oh, right. There yeah. you go. So. And who, uh, better, who better for the source for this, uh, this kind of material than Joe Dante, who always pays homage to the Atomic Age horror movies. I love like, it. Um, Gremlins is kind of like that. Yeah. That's a that's like a creature feature that probably would have been something produced in the 40s or 50s. And it could be an allegory to the fear of uh, what happens after midnight in a suburban town, right? Yeah. Same kind of idea. The, uh, the, fear of, the fear of young children becoming teenagers and their hormones getting out of control. That's even better, yeah. Yeah. That's um, what, I, you know, another thing I love about this movie is just like all of the like there's an a plot and a b plot but there's also a c d and e plot too because then there's like the kid whose dad is off to war is trying to like oh no his best friend is like trying to go on a date with a girl who whose ex-boyfriend who's like this creeper older kid who's not yeah, like, kid, he's like, tw- he's like in his yeah. 20s yeah. yeah, he's like a beatnik greaser. They're all probably like he, like he has he like bad poetry. <laughs> who ends up like John Goodman's just like, hey kid, you want a job? And then he like puts him in the ant costume. Oh, oh I'm sorry, the, the, man the best costume. part is the, the best part of this, like uh like this weird antagonist to like the main character's friend is uh that like uh like he, he comes off as like this bad dude and he's like been in jail for like trying to rob a bank or something or whatever but like turns out like by the time you like reach the climax of the movie you realize like this dude isn't like a badass punk he's actually just an inept like idiot like he just like just a normal his, 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 I like his poetry, it. like like I said, his poetry is kind of just like not that great. Sweet. And like he just he just he just goes out and goes into these bouts of like uh like just word diarrhea. Yeah, I love I love the moment when he's being taken away and he tries to spout poetry and Jungum is like, that's not good, kid. <laughs> no, get out get out of here. He's, he's <laughs> just a pretty okay guy in a weird situation. Yeah. <laughs> Um, did you recognize any of the uh, younger actors? Yeah, one of them was in uh, Hocus Pocus. With yeah, Omri Katz, who played the kid trying to get with the Greaser's girlfriend. Uh, he ended up in the show Erie, Indiana, which I didn't realize came out earlier than this film. And oh, wow. Joe Dante produced Erie, Indiana, and all the cinematographers and other crew members and everything worked on Erie. And that's probably where Omri Katz came from for this. Uh, and then he did Hocus Pocus later this year. 
So these are probably his two biggest things or yeah. three with Erie. Yeah. Um, but then the girl he's hitting on, I know you're a fan of ER, Jeff. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what part of ER you watched, but yeah, uh, Noah Wiley's girlfriend, Lucy, if, who's infamously if stabbed. 98 uh, to what was yeah, the... Yeah, she, so she's stabbed by... Um, she was in a goofy movie. From, Bernard yeah. from the Santa Claus. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, what a what an ER episode. I gotta go back and watch ER. Oh, yeah. It's good stuff. Especially that peak moment. Madman. She was in, like, season four through six, I think, is mm-hmm. around that time. Maybe five through seven. But uh, that's around when I started watching, so I, that's why yeah. I was excited about her being in this. Looks like it's inside. This she's might be her in... first thing. She's been in Mad Men and a bunch of Christmas movies. She's good on Mad Men too. She's one of the many guest stars that they always yeah. have a, a person pop up as a, an agent or a, a client or something. Yeah. One of Don Draper's a of, women. A lot of one episode. Yeah. Um, then the other girl, our our anti our protagonist uh, kid, he meets this girl who's really anti-war and has some hippie parents. She's the older daughter of Mrs. Doubtfire later this year. Hmm. And she's that's why she looked familiar. Like I was trying to figure out who she was. I was like, what? What? Like yeah, she has a, I know her from. She has a growth spur between this and Mrs. Doubtfire, I think. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah uh, she, she looks like really, really young. And then like remembering yeah. Mrs. Doubtfire, she looked like she's like a young adult at that point. Yeah, I looked her up because I was like, I thought she was like 20 in Mrs. Doubtfire. She's actually probably like 17, 18 here, or maybe 16. And maybe they filmed this earlier in 92. So yeah, she's probably like you know, 14, 15. Right, I don't remember the exact when this, age. When this is filmed. And then later when this like Stoutfire comes out, she's probably 16, 17, yeah. Right. She probably just, Even like, though they're like, both said, just like sprouted up and just like, there you go. Yeah. Um, I have a funny story about this too, which oh, wait, no. 13. Uh, not a big deal if we don't want to keep it, but I have a sort of connection to this. One of her last things she ever did was this uh, short film called George Lucas in Love. Uh, have you ever heard of this? Sounds, they, no, but it sounds fascinating. After the uh, famous fan film Troops, which came out around 97 when the special edition Star Wars films came out, uh, there was a whole series of fan films that people started making. They did fan film awards on the Star Wars websites and it became a big deal at conventions. And one of the bigger ones was George Lucas in Love, where this, this guy... Uh, produced a parody of Shakespeare in Love of a young George Lucas at his college. I forget where he went, Berkeley or something. And he is walking around campus having writer's block and he keeps seeing different things that will eventually become like he passes a trash can that looks like R2-D2. His girlfriend ha- has like, do you want to eat these or something like with cinnamon buns? She has her hair like that. You know, I see Corey rolling his eyes. It's very uh, obvious stuff, but it's stuff you would hate. Um, yeah. but around the time it came out around 2000, 2001, I was, uh, cast in the diary of Anne Frank. And as a, a bit for our cast party, a couple of the cast members and I wanted to do like a, a parody to lighten the load of how heavy diary of Anne Frank is. And so we came up with like a little scene that we would perform for the people at the end of the cast party. And so I wrote it based on George Lucas and love. And I had it like someone writing this play as George Lucas. And so I was like, is that where that came from? She sort of, yeah, she sort of inspired me. Yeah. 
So that's the line. And eventually we would do other parodies like Ninja Attack. So it comes from this actress, essentially. I'm I'm learning so much um, that this is incredible. Yeah. I knew Jeff would like this. I knew Corey would roll his eyes. <laughs> <laughs> so. This is an origin story for the ages. Yeah. I didn't even know I liked this actress this much. So it's cool to see her. She's in, in the, probably her first thing. as well. Yes. Another thing I like, which we were just talking about before the podcast, right. uh, was my first DVD ever. Yeah. And what? Um, Independence. Oh, right, right. I think and, that might have been close to mine, too. I'm going to find out one day. Uh, she's the older. Does Randy Quaid have three kids or four kids? Three kids. Yeah, so three, like two, two, two the, sons. The and eldest son, the eldest daughter, and the youngest son. Yeah, so she's the daughter. Yeah. So also good in that. I, I feel bad. She she could have had a pretty good career. I, I read she went off and did something else that she's happy with. So. I think she like retired. Like she just didn't yeah. want to. Like 2000 was her last time doing a movie. But yeah. she was about to release a memoir in 2015. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that ever came out. Yeah, I wanted to look that up. So My year with Robin. Our mm-hmm. main kid didn't really do much after this himself he's kind of no he was in band of brothers <laughs> oh right he has a bit part in band of brothers <laughs> okay. well, Everybody's I, don't in, yeah. I don't know how big his part was i wouldn't i didn't see band of brothers it just looked like yeah it. that's just a side character yeah you know what i think we should take note of in the movie is jerry goldsmith's score which um is a character in and of itself and actually takes cues from um the creature from the black lagoon films from the universe oh cool I didn't know that. Yeah. It's very peppy. It's very, it's, uh, and it, you know, it's a great thing is when, um, when that greaser kid does show up, the music turns into almost like grease at some point. It takes cues from that. Yeah. It, it fits the mood perfectly every time. Yeah. It help, helps keep things moving along. Yeah. It hits the right beats when you need to be scared or thrilled or worried about the bombs. Yeah. Which that yeah, was another stuff. thing. You know, the, they they were tapping into, yes, it's a horror movie, but the horror movie based on, you know, radiation right in the middle of the Cuban Missile Crisis up, up the stakes a little bit. And then, like, one of the special effects is just they made it look like a bomb went off and, like, there's a huge flash and, like, the screen is burning. So everyone's yeah. fleeing the theater. <laughs> They they did they the, uh, that was all projection. Uh, the 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 uh, uh, breaking the fourth wall with a faux fire and then have like Mant like rip through the uh, screen in the movie in the movie theater. It's reminiscent the audience, of yeah. uh, the blob. Yeah, well, the the blob and the um, or even going so far as having gremlins too. True, but yeah, I forgot. Watching Snow White, yeah. they ripped through the Same screen. Guy. <laughs> Yeah. But even even so far as the uh, what was I forget who the director was, but like early early days of motion pictures with the train pulling into the oh, stage, yeah. great train ride. People were like, "Holy shit!" Yeah. yeah. What's going on? You mean from the Fablemans? I've never I haven't seen it yet, so I have to. Spoilers, Jeff. This right. this guy becomes Spielberg. Oh no. <laughs> It does have uh, Spielbergian vibe. Wait, but Spielberg's does, dad was in the Air Force, not the Navy. Oh my God. <laughs> no, it feels like an Amblin movie for sure, though. I should say Army Air Corps because the Air Force didn't exist then. I still think we should go into the, uh, we should have a segment where Jimmy talks about 
the accuracies of weapons history. Oh, yeah. 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 How, how was the historical context, Jimmy? They didn't delve too far into it, but it was... Um, Not going to lie, the historical context is like, it's all in the background. Like, it doesn't really... Like, it's part of the story, but it's not like the main part of the story. It's like the uh, backdrop. Why uh, really, the end, I, his father's uh, coming back from the war. Yeah. Well, the incident. Uh, the incident. Not necessarily war. But, um, no, they, they did, like get a lot of cultural things right and i don't mean just because it's like the 1960s i mean it's like he's a military kid like navy hopping around from base to base and not like getting the opportunity to like really make friends is kind of a little bit different for me but like i i remember seeing a lot of kids coming and going uh you didn't have to necessarily necessarily like live on base uh so there was like a lot of army brats off base too and yeah I Again, like, do you happen there. to know anything about Key West? Is that how the base down there is? Is that I didn't even know there was a base on Key West. It, it makes I mean, sense. there's it's there's probably there there might have been a base there at one point, and like I especially shut down, because probably of Cuba. It still is. Uh, it's Navy. I don't really. <laughs> no, I'm gonna say yeah, but yeah. It, uh, weirdly enough, I went on a trip for the keys, and it's the one key I didn't go to, which is the one every tourist goes to. Yeah. So. <laughs> So I didn't really see anything. Yeah, and like look, looking at like a uh, um, at, at like I guess the background on how the thing was set up. Like you, you don't like you get a few glimpses of uh, on base, and really uh, when you see the glimpses of of on base, it's the residential area. So like you don't really see the base itself. Although you do see like troops running up and down the uh, beach later on, I imagine it's not missile crisis. But like you don't see anything of the base itself. I imagine it's not a huge thing. It's probably an auxiliary for the the main people coming out of New Orleans, you know. Mm. Uh, but I don't know by heart. I'm, it's just yeah. my guess because, especially like you say, they're pulling up on the beach, and it's like, well, this is where we were, so it's just where we have to bring the truck. So they probably had stuff. Yeah, and those and those guys that were on, on the beach were like clearly like army. So like, uh, I don't, uh, yeah, I don't recall ever seeing in in the movie like any any naval personnel. Uh, and the only person that you see in a navy uniform is the uh, um, one of the other first kids. Uh, our main character meets uh he, he's kind of like in like a type i guess like a, a jrotc type deal so he's got the uh oh, navy the uniform uh, yeah. and like the first thing he was like hey want to go kill some tree frogs and like the one brother's like nah we'll pass and they just yeah. turns to his little brother's like he's a psycho don't play with him <laughs> yeah uh what was that helicopter at the end it was a oh. test I legit don't remember the helicopter because I like it's zoned a, out clearly an Apache 505. Oh my god. No. He, he actually did zone out. I was that was the one thing I didn't like. They had a perfectly fine shot of the helicopter going over the beach, and then they cut to a close-up of the helicopter's face for some reason. What? Had nothing to do with anything. And then left. I was like, good last shot. Oh nope. And Jimmy's yeah. like, what what last shot? He, he was he's he was done i like it was the last shot like i was just like i saw a helicopter and i didn't realize like they like it wasn't his they did they cut to a close-up or it wasn't yeah. just like 
Oh, yeah, no, I didn't even notice. Yeah, we panned and followed the helicopter and then jarringly got real up in its face, yeah, yeah. like a like a uh, uh, banked shot of it, not even yeah. the Once, one they one, probably yeah. were filming. Once the movie ended for me, like, I was like, okay, all right, that's, it's just a helicopter now. That was the yeah. climax. I just always appreciate when they have a, a perfect first and a perfect last shot. Like, even a freeze frame would have been fine, but... You didn't care for that last shot. No. But it's not going to ruin the film for me. I liked it. Yeah. I actually liked uh, Lisa Jacob, or I don't know if that's the pronunciation of her last name. That's the hippie daughter. Yeah. Um, I liked her little stand up, like, we're, we're all going to die. This uh, putting our heads between our knees is not going to do anything. Well, then... My mom's talked extensively about that. They would just tell you to hide under your desk and pray for the best. It's like, yeah, I'm not going to stop. Yeah. Fall yeah. out. No, honestly, was just it reminded me, uh, it reminded me of tornado drills when I lived mm-hmm. in Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. you, you did the same exact thing except before tornadoes and you survived that I'm trying to think of anything else about the film oh the, you know what the first uh film that they show that he's produced Woolsey, uh is the uh shopping cart one like the sentient shopping cart which oh, i thought God. was cute it's supposed yeah. to be like herbie the love bug or one of those other things like yeah. that and it stars in her american debut a young naomi watts Huh. Yeah, the way the way that was shot, I was like almost convinced. Like, is that a real movie? And that's that's when like I I realized like there's going to be a lot of fake movies in this. Yeah, that's how you know it's great. When you're just yeah. like, wait, did that actually exist? You know, so you know, you know, Joe Dante had fun making these little yeah. ones. You know what's weird, Tristan? You and I saw a movie that kind of predates us in a way mm-hmm. because we talked about it last year. Popcorn, yeah, yeah. which had similar like vibes, movies, films within a film, yeah. <laughs> but it was more of a horror film, film. like it's more of a horror, horror, horror film yeah but yeah. it was it was campy and tongue-in-cheek too yeah yeah i actually like this better but it's because it has the love of cinema and it's i think better made you Popcorn's know what fine we see so many movies about the magic of cinema but it's always about what's on the screen i think this is one of the few movies that shows like it's also about the atmosphere and the environment in which right. you view the movie yeah smell like of you- popcorn the sound of the projector. Yes. A nuclear holocaust around the corner. Yeah. You know, the usual. Yeah. And he's actually like making adjustments to the actual theater seats. Like you right. see the action that's happening in the theater and not just the movie itself. Because I'm not speaking for myself. I'm sure like each of us could probably pick out like a theater experience that was distinctive mm-hmm. of each of the movies that we've seen and how memorable that is along with the film that we watched. I think that's something that Joe Dante nails in this, which yeah. you don't see a lot of. And I love old picture houses like this. This is like theaters on Broadway now, but yeah. they, they obviously, I know that there's kind of a line at the end where that guy, the money lender, is hinting like we could we can add theaters to this when you rebuild. It could be it's the wave of the future. We'll have multiple multiplexes, and that's sort of what's killing the theater. Like you don't have one run showings for no. a week. And all these movie houses that are still around are, are doing different things. Like the one in our home, our town right now uh, is just doing theater. It used to be the movie house. Yeah. So it'd be, it'd be nice if these places could have cinema again, even if it's just like showing gremlins or something. Well, there's, yeah. wait, a uh, couple towns over from us in Denel and they still have a movie house, right? But like they play. I don't know that they're they showing have- stuff since the pandemic started. They've had no. comedy shows, but every yeah, time I been, pass, it's like, always, have yes. your birthday party here yeah. on the market. It's been a, it's been a while since yeah. I last passed they, by them, so I have they no had, idea. Um, they also, they also only, for a while, they just did kids' movies. 
too. Right. They had yeah. for up until maybe the beginning of 22, they had the poster for Onward because that was the last thing they were showing there before the pandemic started. And they finally took that down around March 22. And right now they have a Bruce Springsteen or someone else tribute band coming this week. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know if they'll ever show movies again. They haven't had anything on the marquee. And Westfield, which was one of our biggest theaters we would go to for indie films, is just an art gallery now. Really? Really? Yeah, I just oh, saw crap. that this week. Yeah, they shut yeah, down in 2020 as well. That's a weird well. spot to have an art gallery. I know. But <laughs> what's happening? There was a company that bought that in the Cranford Theater, which was... I mean, so over. If, it, if it was a theater that played a lot of indie movies and I guess like that's an easy transition for like that crowd well but like it would be just that crowd and not like anybody else in the town it used right? to be the one that had the bigger films and Cranford would have the indie films and now Cranford plays both but more of the big films so they have Avatar and Cranford now when they never would have that's I don't think be they the did in weirdest experience because all those screens I mean maybe they've renovated but all those screens they are did. just like very tiny yeah, like I can't imagine watching. I don't know, still paying the same amount of money to go see Avatar on that size screen. Well, I think they're still a good, well priced. They're not sixteen dollars for Avatar. They're they're probably ten at most. So this podcast brought to you by the specific theaters in New Jersey, right. uh, yeah. in Central Jersey. Go support so, non multiplayer. I did bring this up because I want to look into the Brook, the one in our town. Uh, potentially having films. There's a, a theater in yeah. Broadway, New Jersey, that uh, has special, it has a projector and they run 35 millimeter films. I just yeah. saw um, the last picture show there, but on actual film. So I'm curious if there, I, I don't know the process of acquiring film to showcase for a that's, little bit of money to feed itself, you know? Yeah. I, I want to I mean, I present it to them. So this is something I'm actually I've been thinking of. Well, good. So. I mean, that's that's definitely see that that's the thing is I, I think especially since the pandemic is kind of you know it's never going to be over, but it's slowed down enough to the point where people are doing this again. You know, we need to start bringing these things back. Uh, you know, yeah. Kevin Smith did that thing. He bought the Atlantic City movie house or the uh, the, the Atlantic the Islands movie house. Atlantic Islands. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and turn it into the Smod Castle, where like sure he shows his movies but it's just like it's like a five screen theater i think and they do like the birthday parties and stuff for the kids they show regular movies and seems almost weekly he does like talkbacks with like horror movies and like all sorts of different things just like celebrating the medium right rather than just like hey i'm just going to show only my movies which he totally could and right. still make a ton of money but like you know his childhood dream was to own a movie theater so he's got that now um and i think you know it's it's a really cool idea and i want to go see something there i mean i was there for some some other shoot but i haven't actually seen a movie there yet but i think that weren't you there for the commercial for it yeah i was there for like basically special feature yeah i was working there on the day of the grand opening and they were shooting like the pre-show thing with jay and silent bob telling you to mm-hmm. shut up before the movie mm-hmm. uh, ah okay yeah, so they did their own nicole kidman presentation yeah <laughs> and they're kind of the modern day lawrence woolsey 
right so, see we, we brought her back around right exactly but the whole point i mean like and i'm glad that we went into this discussion because yeah actually that's what this movie is about like yeah it's it's kitschy it's it's got dumb jokes like b movies did back in the day but it's like it's a celebration of the medium which is a good way that to start this year i think so i'm glad that we went Mm -hmm. with this one oh yeah gotta love that cinema cinema atomo vision (laughs) so what would we uh grade this i'd give it an a plus nice starting off the year right yeah Yeah. solid a plus i would would even a plus plus to be honest i would also a plus this this movie had everything. It had John Goodman. The, the, this movie was really good at like having a subtle introductions for like uh, secondary and tertiary characters, and then like uh, you forget about that character because they're not really that important. And then all of a sudden they like they show up again for the climax to have like a uh, have their like part of the story have a fitting ending. Uh, I would probably give it, I, I hesitate to give it a B for a B movie, but I, <laughs> I probably would actually give this an A. I really liked it. It's a B movie. Mm-hmm. Here comes Corey. Jerry, Jerry Seinfeld. Oh boy. Yeah. I would probably give it a B plus. Oh. Um, okay. I don't, it, it's, it's not quite my favorite Joe Dante movie, but it's up there. It's definitely one of his unsung movies because obviously it didn't even make back its budget which wasn't much mm. it was produced on 13 million and only made like nine yeah. Ooh. Uh, it's very vibrant. Less rough yeah it's vibrant it's witty it's a uh, valentine for the schlock that he grew up on and uh at, like i said it's a, it's a good trip back to uh those nostalgic days when uh <laughs> when we were terrified of what was gonna what was going to come of us from the Cuban Missile Crisis, yet we were sued by the fact that we could still escape into um, the magic of cinema. Mm, cinema. Cinema. Yeah. Cinema. I like that. It made you feel alive again. I got, I got warm. Corey has a heart. Yeah. I don't know. We can't go that far. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Let's not he has the beginnings of a heart. It only took that. four years in the podcast. <laughs> yeah, right. Maybe there's a pulse there. Yeah. The real hidden gems are uh, the friends we made along the way. Speaking of movies speaking in which alive. people almost didn't have a pulse, yeah. you ever see a live? This was our other choice for uh, what we could have done in January. I think <laughs> oh, we made no. the right choice because a live is depressing. Oh, yeah. No, 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 no. Like, no, 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 no. Like, oh, no depression. Yeah, this this movie doesn't give you the warm fuzzies. This gives you the cold chilies. Uh, not in wintertime. I don't want none of that. Thank you. Yeah. It's um, January and it's freezing outside. No. It's about a plane crash in the Andes. I'm surprised this got dumped in January. Do you think it was supposed to be uh, an Dude, I feel like it had a, it, it oh. seems like it's something that should have got qualifying run. Yeah, but I guess not. I mean, this um, movie probably should have been a summer movie, not a not a January movie. Well, the funny part is, like, it's not uh, it's not like Vertical Limit. It's not like an action movie. It's more right. like drama. So that's why I, you would think it would be more suited to, like, the fall season. But I guess mm. having like, seen the movie, it's not it's not great. Oh. 
it's it's adequate my guess is the, it became a hit because of the stars being famous you say it's depressing but i feel like they kind of hold back on some of the more gruesome stuff in the movie like obviously like cannibalism and stuff like that i'm only going off of what i i know my parents went to see it and i had a babysitter or something so it's a tame movie i've only heard of it um but it does have a lot of people that um people people of note like ethan hawks in it vincent spano mm-hmm. douglas josh hamilton and it's actually narrated by uh john malkovich Oh, enough. But um, it's not surprising that it probably didn't. I don't. I remember some of the movies we discussed last year, and December was pretty crowded in terms of Oscar nominees. So it's not shocking that this got pushed. Though it is notable that it was. Is this Frank Marshall's directorial debut? No, he had done Arachnophobia. Did Arachnophobia, which is really good. Yeah. Here's a movie that absolutely probably should have got dumped in January. Uh, Body of Evidence, which, um, you know, we talked about Madonna briefly during uh, Dick Tracy, but I don't know how you guys feel about her acting abilities, but uh, we could say she's a little unrefined, and this movie kind of plays into her image as a sex pot because she's on trial for murder for basically fornicating with a man to death so her body is the weapon as stupid as that sounds mm-hmm. and her um <laughs> the attorney defending her is Willem Dafoe mm-hmm. at times the movie seems to be in on the joke and at other times it seems to be a little turgid and the sex scenes go on forever mm-hmm. they're trying way too hard to be kinky is it like uh, what was that Marlon Brando film that didn't do well? That was Last like, Tango in Paris. Yeah, is it like that where the sex scenes are uncomfortable rather than actually titillating? Um, no, that that movie <laughs> just felt uncomfortable because it was Marlon Brando in the sex scene, and sure. this is just like they just are pro- so prolonged. Mm-hmm. It's almost like tantric sex. Like they they just they just go on and on and on. They're delaying the orgasm of the sex scene forever. Okay. But it's laughably bad. That's too bad. That explains a lot about what was going on with Madonna right now. Because she goes uh, back to the dare was coming out around this time. So her her whole iconography is based on her being the movie, she basically allows herself to be objectified. So I can't really say that it's exploiting her, Mm -hmm. but she's not helping. She's not helping her public image by doing stuff like this. Right. And it probably deserved her Razzie it got nominated for. Um, Nowhere to Run, which sounds like a pretty generic title, mm. right? But uh, it was actually Jean-Claude Van Damme's first foray into drama. Oh. Well, there's a little bit of action in there, but... Um, he tried to stretch by becoming, um, he's a fugitive, but he, uh, he runs into a family played by, a, <clears throat> with uh, the mother's Rosanna Arquette. And he, he becomes accepted by her and her kids and everything. She has a frontal nude scene that comes out of nowhere. Okay. Oh. They, I swear to God, they just threw that in there to, to hit the 
Um, it's it's sexier than anything that is in the body of evidence. <laughs> but um, the the action scenes are well done. You can tell that they kind of want to push it more in that direction. John Claude resisted and want to go in the other direction because mm -hmm. it's the same director as uh, the Hitcher. So the action is very stylish, but the uh, he seems to be agonized when he has to do any kind of fisticuffs in the movie. Um, overall, it's passable, but it's not great. Yeah. And then um, in terms of action, this movie spawned a whole series of directed DVD sequels that Jimmy might actually know this movie. Um, Sniper. Uh, yeah. Do you remember this? Um, I do. <laughs> not not a great movie. Mm, not really, no. No, it's kind but of... When, when, when you're a kid and you see it for the first time, you're like, oh, that's pretty dope. Then you see it a it's second of, time and you're like... The first, I remember first one the seems first, cool. Yeah, the first one seems cool. The first movie that showed the bullet trajectory. Oh. It tried, yeah, it tried to... Uh, it tried to visualize that. But, and the action... The actors in the movie are pretty distinctive because you got Tom Berenger as the seasoned pro, and the rookie is played by Billy Zane. Oh, cool! Yeah, I Who's forgot in, about uh, Billy Zane in that. Who's just coming off of Twin Peaks at this point? Yes. So this is before, obviously, before Titanic, even before the Phantom and all that stuff. Yeah. Even I well, those around the time of Dead Calm. So I think yeah, they're they're starting to push him as a heartthrob, right? Or action yeah. star, or whatever that whatever will work. And then trying to put him in just, things that, that will. Then it just kind of fell apart, and he just what 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 happened to him? He got stuck in uh the he got typecast as Cal from Titanic, so I think that didn't do him any good. Uh, yeah, and then he started to lose his hairline, so that didn't help either. They didn't take it like Jude Law, where he does the character actor work. He ended up in uh, straight to DVD movies, so someone had to do it though. Yeah um this also was the movie that got number one the week i believe of uh matinee it came out the same week so. oh okay that's a shame yeah because it's really kind of an obligatory movie it's not good at all and it's oh no it was number two sequels it didn't even uh get number one it was uh aladdin was stuck still around okay and then sniper then matinee then a few good men mm. so which was our best picture last year yeah yeah. So, yeah, that brings us to a uh, poster boy. Yes, poster so, boy. Time to shine. We only have one, Jeff, and this shouldn't be too hard. I'm, I'm gonna throw you. A I'd be shocked actually if he doesn't get it. Straightforward. Uh, I don't know, man. I'm getting better. I'm watching more movies, trying to catch up to you. How did you do so, that? The poster. Photoshop. This looks very professional. I, I, this is helping me get better at Photoshop. Yeah, all I'm doing is using the smudge tool and then I refine it. You can see where I don't do it perfectly. Imagine how, how great you'd be with the marquee tool. <laughs> if you know, right? what, yeah, I know. That's what actually I should be using. Yeah. You that's could cool. teach me, Jimmy. I could, yeah. All right. Oh, and then the clone tool? Holy crap, you'd go bonkers with that. Yep. I know what they do. I just haven't ever tried. Photoshop with Tristan and Jimmy. So what do you what do you think, Jeff? All right. So this is the poster itself, at least this version of it, is mostly darkness with what looks like a door creaking open and a bright light coming out like the great beyond. Mm -hmm. Uh part of me wants to say poltergeist. 
or the uninvited or some it's sort of for... this is definitely a horror movie yeah, yeah, remember it's rated R. Doing a horror movie. Look at it. It's in the corner. That sounds marketed, apparently. Is it in the corner? I'm yeah, not... it's in the corner. No, I'm not a oh. cheater, Jimmy. There's not much to work with here, so I don't know that you'd be able to come yeah. up with a name or what it could be. I guess you assume this could be what's coming through the door is the, the film. Yeah. So Close encounters. what it would be, like what creature or object or it's either an horror villain is coming through the door. It's either an alien, a ghost, or a portal to another dimension. And the portal is the monster. None of the only the darkness is is enveloping them. It's um, its own thing. Monsters Inc. Twenty years early. That's actually kind it's of own thing. Because even if pumpkins is coming through, <laughs> right? David it's, it's, pumpkins. Uh, his own thing. <laughs> it is elevator. And it might have been better if this came out two months from now. While you were sleeping. No, that's... Um, oh, I know what fucking movie this is. God, well, the closet. No, no, no. I, 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 You're welcome, I saw... Jimmy. Yeah, fuck you. <laughs> uh, peekaboo. Uh, <laughs> I'm just coming like, up you're, with... You're going you're you're to no, need I like a lot of luck Come up with a name one, or two. A lot of luck, I'll give you the... Uh, no, it, 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 I'll give him the uh, yeah him now the I know I, now you know I know stuff. it looks like a just just want to point out that the way that the the shadow on the floor was smudged it looks like a slug trying to go back into <laughs> yeah. the door which led me to believe he's gonna be hey, very offended you called him a slug maybe it's maybe it's mm-hmm. slither but that didn't come out for another 15 yeah, the years looks a little yeah. willowy yeah Hey, wait a minute. <laughs> you you might get the golden so on this one. So I know it's Warwick Davis then. Wait, is this Leprechaun? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, we gave you too many hints. It was too much fun. No, it was literally just the willow uh, Tristan, one. That's all I Tristan, you, you know, yeah, you know what I gave it away? You know what gave Your luck it away just ran out. The shadow? No, I was reading uh. the names at the bottom and I saw Jennifer Anderson. I was like, oh no. I knew what movie she was in at the time. <laughs> I left, I left that for you. I actually knew you might get it or Jeff might get it. So, I would I not get it. Racing her, but I don't. This I don't was know. A, this was the first horror movie I've seen in my I entire life, and I saw this at like four horror. or five. Yeah, it's not no. that scary. I saw it when I was like. I mean, for when I was not a kid, that it was scary. scary. It's not scary at all. Yeah, it's I almost bad, left. Like, by the way, the boot. I almost couldn't erase off. that, and I thought that might be a. a, a too much of Honestly, a I feel like the boot would not have given it away because it looks yeah. like a Wicked Witch thing. It would have been is this some sort of like Return to Oz nonsense. Jimmy would have picked it out right away. Yeah, I'm sure Jimmy would have gotten it from the boot. But then I, I that's Maybe why the shadow not. looks so, a little sluggish because the shadow is actually the boot rubbed down into the shadow. Yeah, this is Jennifer Aniston's first movie role, I think. Mm-hmm. I believe so. Her first big movie it's role. First, I think she was on a TV show before Friends, and then this, like, she had she's a guest role a, on something. She's probably on a pilot for something before this came. Yeah. Out. yeah. But, uh, yeah. Have you? Everybody seen so, I've seen it. Yeah. Have you seen it, Jeff? No. Okay, I wasn't sure. We did a whole series. I saw a Troll. I did not see that. Good. Yeah, you watched Troll with them. I did not. Yeah, I've never seen Troll. Oh. Yeah. I've only seen Troll two. Uh, um, the better one. I've seen. I've seen Leprechaun one and two. I've seen Leprechaun Maybe one three. and six. I've seen them all. I've I've seen saw the bits and pieces. In the hood. Of, yeah, I saw There's bits and pieces. Of, uh, uh, yeah. 
He's in oh, the hood yeah, back, twice. Back to oh, the yeah. hood. Back to the hood. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so what's the first one? He's in the hood. Is that uh, four? Uh, no. He get he that's goes there five. pretty quickly. That's yeah. five. Yeah. Okay. That's five. Yeah. I think I'll, I'll ex- here here's how it goes. The first one, he's in some rural area. Yeah, it's a farm. Because yeah. he was basically away. Yeah. The second one, he's in a big city, which is like LA or something. Yeah, sure. The third one is when they started going direct to Predator 2 model. Direct the video where it's Vegas. That's where so Predator should have gone next. So is it, or, is it basically a horror version of Home Alone? So they just put instead of Kevin, it's just a leprechaun in different spaces. Um <laughs> four is outer space. Because eventually you know how to go there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, five is I think the they hood. did that too early. Yeah, five is the hood. Yeah. Six is back to the hood because they go can, right back. Because once you go black, you never go back. Okay. Um then uh they rebooted it with Origins. Oh right. Which is not that even Lord Davis. It's um it's uh one of the wrestlers from the WWE, I forget. Oh yeah, but it, yeah. he's not even a it's not even a leprechaun because it doesn't really speak. It's yeah. a mute creature that you just see it from its POV. In Origins. Yeah. And then okay. just the most recent one was Returns, which is supposed it's it's doing like a, a Halloween sequel where it ignores everything after the first one. Okay. But it's not Warwick Davis. It's it's another wrestler from the WWE. I forget. That's fine. Is it any good? It's actually even... surprisingly the best out of all. I hadn't heard of this it's, returns it it's like like we're saying it's got its tongue uh, firmly planted in its cheek and um i think it's a lot of fun mm-hmm. it's self-deprecating in a good way cool the gores the gore effects are creative it's the best album that that first one's an atrocity i oh, really watching it it's it's awful he, you know, good for him. He's dedicated to the role, but it's terrible. I knew what I was getting. The pogo stick death is hilariously stupid. Yeah. They do some speed ramping in there that's like <laughs> out of Benny Hill. So oh, bad. Right. Even a wheelchair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're making me remember how bad this is. Yeah. Well, at least we have matinee. We we ended up choosing the right film. This yeah. is like a movie that would have been featured in matinee. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's almost like those uh, fake ones in Grindhouse, like Turkey Day. Oh, they're, they're finally doing that, by the way. I know. Um, so I figured we might not cover him again this decade, and it's a fitting time we finally got him. He's the star of the film. So uh, I figured we'd do for picks of the month, John Goodman. I already know who I picked because I thought about it when I chose that we do John Goodman. Mm-hmm. So if you want to think for a little bit, bring up his filmography. I don't know if you have it off the top of your head, Corey. So we can let I have Jimmy sort of vamp in his head. What I, had. I know you told me and I forget actually. Yeah, no, I'm looking it up. It's not Fallen because we talked about Fallen and you said that's atrocious. Nice. Even though I think it's one of his best roles. Uh, yeah, I know what it is. Not my pick. Are we just going by... Well, he's not the lead. He has so many films. I was going to say, he's not the lead in the last stuff. Um, I mean, it would be neat if we tried to narrow it down to his leading roles, but then you have stuff like Babe or King Ralph. Yeah, I ain't doing King Yeah. Um, no, I, I, it's pretty obvious. I'm going to go Raising Arizona. 
Yeah, that makes sense. Oh, that's where it might discussing. be my favorite Coen Brothers movie on top of that. Right. So it was ironic because you said it was going to be your favorite Coen Brothers movie. You, your choice. Like, and your least favorite Coen Brothers film is my choice. A brother were at that. Yeah. Big Lebowski. So everybody's going to pick the Coen Brothers. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, as soon as you said that, I'm like, wait, I don't even have to look at the list. I know what movie I like. Yeah, he's Big such Lebowski. a good muse for the Coen Brothers. That so Those three. I'll, I don't want to suggest for Jeff, but there's another great role he has for them. Oh, I know which one. The most recent one? No. That's a good one, too, in South Louis Davis. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. I'm thinking of the one with uh, John Turturro, Barton Fink. Oh, yeah. I'm still looking. Hang on. Okay. Dude's done a lot. Oh, shit. He we was bring him up of Rocky and Bullwinkle. Yeah, he was. Oh. Oh, he's in that garbage. Yeah, I think he has a camera. I know. Guys. A big guys. One. Guys. Remember, we went on vacation to New Orleans like last year. We saw we were house. right in front of his house yes, a yeah. year a year and a month ago. We, we, yeah, we some people went on vacation packages. to New Orleans. Sorry, Jeff. You have the play. I know. <laughs> we saw packages outside his gate. Oh, yeah, man. we we tried to call for him. It wouldn't come. John, John. Yeah, we you looked up the. Previously owned that house. We. Oh no, I don't. Wasn't it Axel Rose or something? I don't know. Oh, it was uh, uh, Nine Inch Nails. Trent Reznor. Okay. Yeah. That's kind of cool. I, uh, <laughs> I'm surprised I remember that from the tour. I do know afterwards <laughs> yeah. we looked up where he was. He was doing a, a tour for whatever he was in back in 21. Gemstones. Yeah, he was doing he was doing the press for Gemstones. So he was he in looked up Kansas City or something. Yeah. You know, you did that when we were on the tour. I remember that. Yeah. I want to keep bringing up Jeff's football. Well, that was like when we went to, you know, when John and I went to Maine, we went to Stephen King's house, but he wasn't there. Steve. Like he, he now lives in Florida primarily, and they're turning his oh. house into a writer's retreat. So, fun fact. Yeah. I went Let's to go. Providence. I saw HP Lovecraft's house, and it just looks like any generic house. Is he still there waiting to rise? Yeah, right. Yeah. right. Hey, guys, <laughs> remember cool. when we were in New Orleans and like we went to, the cemetery tour and we still knew you yeah and rice's like mausoleum yeah and she died a week later yeah yeah no we we just said something stupid we're like oh hopefully she doesn't end up there anytime soon then she died and two days later she died it was, it was our fault we jinxed it probably the last people that weren't her family to see her mausoleum did you know that everybody was saying bad stuff about nicholas cage and then two weeks later they announced that Renfield was going to film down there in his neighborhood. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. I am so excited for that movie, too. Yeah. It's awesome. But anyway, um, yeah. back to the John Goodman thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Who, what do you think, picking? He is a uh, big New Orleans fan. So he made a couple of things down there. Maybe you got something. No, I, I mean, I know, I know what my favorite, I know what my favorite TV role of his is. That's fine. Honestly, he did a lot of TV. That was pretty good. Robot Santa Claus on Future. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah but that was, a, that was a good role um no honestly i'm probably gonna have to go with this movie like all hey. the things i've seen him in that were not oh. coen brothers related you know that's fine it was i really like this movie i thought he was gonna pick monsters inc honestly this could be in my top five for john goodman okay yeah or the Flintstones. Okay. <laughs> He's great as Fred. 
He is he is fitting for that role. He's great in Babe. Just the movie sucks. Yeah. He always brings some gravitas to the movies he's in. He's always Wait, he, for anything. He's like a modern day Jackie Gleason. Yeah. Hey, he should have been the honeymooners. We want to go to New Orleans movies. The Big Easy is great. That's what I was going to, I was trying to push. Yeah. But I don't know that Jeff or Jimmy have seen that. I haven't. Wait, The Big Easy? Yeah. I, I don't know. Which one's that one? I've seen parts of it. It's Dennis yeah. Quaid and Alan Barkin. Oh, wait. He was in Argo, too. Yeah, you know, I don't think I saw I seen that movie. Is everybody forgetting Hangover Part Three? He's great in that. I don't remember him in there. Bud, <laughs> guess Wait, was he in Hangover Part Three? He was. We're just talking. Oh wow, we were just talking about arachnophobia. Oh, oh yeah, you're right. He was. I legitimately don't remember. Like the Hangover, the first movie was like the best, and those other two. How dare just, you? He was. I'm sorry, the other two were just kind of there. I look, I completely I don't remember what happened in the second one and I definitely second's bad. Yeah. And the third one, like I didn't I didn't even remember John Goodman was in it. Like I was so bored in Hangover 2. Whatever. <laughs> Anywho. Uh, I love the hangover. It sounds like we might be due for a rewatch. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. It's been a while. Although I do need to I do need to this is reminding me I need to watch 10 Cloverfield Lane, which I have. He's not. very good at oh, that. You know what? He's, was, great. He's great. Because I was a huge fan of the first Cloverfield movie, and I know that there's like a trilogy accidentally. Yeah, uh, this is still good. The yeah. other one is not. Yeah, par- yeah, Paradox. I heard wasn't great. Awful. Yeah. I liked Paradox. It's, good. it's a good premise. Yeah, and some of the actors are trying at least. The fact but, that they've uh, got to it kind of gets boring. Universe makes no sense. Yeah, no. Yeah. The, the way the, the ending is what like that got that. Well, the, I'm the, gonna. The, I'm still gonna watch it. I'm still gonna watch. Yeah. It. What are we talking about next month? Oh, right. Um. <laughs> <laughs> thank you uh so next month we're gonna uh pivot hard drama uh, i believe is it very uh upsetting it's a romance uh i don't know anything about it i've heard the name but didn't know who was even in it it's called summersby and it serves richard gear and jody foster who we have not talked about yet mm. so i'm excited to talk about their careers a little bit i know we i know we did a little bit for gear for pretty woman but we can we can really go over them now yeah but this is like a real role yeah oh all right pretty woman's great uh but i don't know really anything about it so i'm looking forward to finding out yeah. what happens uh, i know it's a period piece yes cool what i can was that the final statement on that yeah period? Thank Thank you. Way too much drama. uh so yeah uh remember to rate and review subscribe you know now that we're on pretty much anything you listen to podcasts on so uh if you're watching on YouTube and you want to tell friends that are driving to just listen on those Podbean or Spotify, Apple Music, etc. So uh, don't let our boys distract you while driving. Yeah. Listen to the audio version. Yeah. So see you next month. Wow.